Hello, and welcome to the Divorced Advocate, where we help fathers sort through and navigate their life during and after divorce and create an amazing life for themselves and their children. I am Jude Sandoval, your host. Thanks for being here today. It is the week of Thanksgiving here in the United States, and I have just so much to be to be grateful for. Grateful for all of you that uh, are listening today. Grateful for some of the great men like like Tim and Eric and Jason and Chris that I've had the opportunity of working with this week. I am so proud of, of you and the work that you're doing. If you're tuning in, I'm absolutely proud of you as well because you are looking for and, and seeking a way in which to navigate through this uncertain uh, time during divorce or uncertain time or challenges that are coming post-divorce. So you're here uh, seeking to better yourselves, better, better yourself, better your lives, better your children's lives. And that is absolutely uh, commendable. And, and I'm grateful for, to, to have other men and other fathers that are doing that. So on that note, uh, we are going to be talking about intersectional, intersexual dynamics. God, you know, you've got all this intersectionality, intersexuality, all kinds of different things and words nowadays that it's kind of hard to keep track of. But what I wanted to talk about was the rewriting of intersectional dynamics and how it's killing marriage. Now, all right, so I am thankful among other things. So I'm, I'm thankful for my family, absolutely, and, and our good health for this great country that I live in, for uh, you know a, a greater good, a greater power than I, uh, so many other things. And, and one of the things that I'm immensely grateful also, and you're gonna, you might think this is crazy and funny, is that since my marriage, I have gotten a grasp around what has been happening in our society around the rewriting of intersexual dynamics. Now let's just quickly define what intersexual dynamics is. And it's a fancy word for how men and women relate, basically, how the genders relate. And so, and I'm, look, I'm not gonna get into this, like this gender or that gender. When I'm talking about masculine natures and feminine natures, that's all I'm talking about. It can be, it can be between same-sex couples, it can, whatever that may be. In the context that we're working here, it's typically heterosexual because we're talking about fathers that are going through divorce or have been divorced. So we're sticking with the heterosexual way in which we're, uh, we're communicating around this. So it would be men and women, husbands and wives. So it's how men and women, husbands and wives communicate with each other. That's intersexual dynamics. And the reason I'm so grateful about having a better understanding is because it's helped me gain clarity about what happened in my marriage, but also what's happening throughout society, how it's impacting our kids. And I know if you're busy working and paying the bills and doing all that you do as a father, reading some of this stuff and geeking out on some of this stuff like, like I do is just not in your purview because there's so many other things that you've got going on. But that's why I'm here, and that's why I want to share with you this article that I read uh, in the Harvard Business Review. So the, the title of it was 
Dads, commit to your family at home and at work. And so I'm not a regular reader of the Harvard Business Review. I've read it before. But uh, this, this showed up under their big ideas slash work, parenting, and pandemic section. So they've got all kinds of different sections. And, and so those of you not familiar with the Harvard Business Review, it is a, a wholly owned subsidiary that's a, that's a periodical that they quote unquote scholarly journal that, that comes out and it's, and it's owned by Harvard University. And they purport to be the world's most influential management magazine since 1922. And they find new ideas and classic advice on strategy, innovations, innovation and leadership for global leaders for the world's best business and management experts. So it holds some sway as a scholarly journal, at least to the extent that any one of you listening or anybody that reads it still holds any value in the psychology, sociology, gender study departments of some of these major universities, which I do not. However, I really feel that it's incredibly important to call out what is happening around this and these inter this intersexual intersexual dynamics, as well as how we're relating with uh, each other as husband and wife, or or uh, or men and women, because it has an impact, like I said, on our on our children. And so, the so let's get to the to the article here. It is dads. The, the title was dads commit to your family at home and at work. And so. The summary of this this gem of a scholarly you know a scholarly article was, and I'm gonna, I'm just going to read the whole quote. What and, and pay attention to this first sentence is is the most impactful. While fathers are increasingly recognizing the value of caring for, educating, and raising their kids, there are still imbalances that make working parenthood more difficult for mothers. In particular, new research shows that fathers on average still do only around half of the unpaid work that mothers do. The good news is that men want to step up and they can do so by acknowledging the problem, aiming for equity in household tasks, collaborating with their partners on decision-making, and speaking up at work about their family's needs. So I thought that was incredibly interesting, particularly that first sentence that just now, all of a sudden, increasing that, that men and fathers are increasingly recognizing the value of caring for, educating, and raising their kids. So it started to make me wonder about whether my dad really, quote unquote, valued caring for, educating, or raising me, even though he was a tradesman for 34 years, would get up before dawn, would be sometimes back before, after dark, would take an hour one way to work and to, to put food on our table, to clothe my sister and me, to allow us to live in a nice house in a, in a in a nice house a good neighborhood in the suburbs to go to the best schools that we could afford he even 
fixed the house and fixed cars and taught me how to do that and played with us and showed up for most of our extra, extra, extracurricular activities. So, I mean, I guess he didn't really actually value, uh, you know, raising us or, 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 or caring for or education, educating or, or raising us. And, and that's just happening now. And then, and it also made me wonder and, and think back about my, my grandfather who, who raised my father on a farm in Northwest Iowa, and who also would get up before you know before before the light came out, before sun came up, work on the farm all day long, uh, come back and have a, a couple of maybe quote unquote free hours to quote unquote raise the kids before starting that whole process over again on the farm. So I don't know about you, but this idea that, that they're purporting in this summary of this article to me is absolutely ridiculous because the only thing that's changed since my grandfather's day or really ever is these academics and propagandists and others who are trying to create a narrative that is redefining what value is for 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 men and for dads and it's insane to really think or to purport that they didn't value any of these things and men are just starting to do this because since the beginning of time men and women husbands and wives have worked cooperatively in order to raise families and until just recently the last I don't know, half century, three quarters of a century, that entailed simply just trying to stay alive, really just trying to figure out how to weather the elements, get enough food for your family, find a great place to, 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 to live. If you think back, if you wanted to be Andrew Carnegie or one of the wealthiest people in the world more than 100 years ago, would you rather have that where they had no penicillin, their children and their relatives were dying all the time from just just simple sicknesses that can now be cured by by antibiotics? Or would you rather live in a life now where we have all of these creature comforts? I got to say, I would most definitely choose now. So that's therein lies our challenge where now that we have not as much challenge and not as much strife in our life that we have all this this comfort that these propagandists are starting to create problems and 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 seek out difficulties where there simply are none and you know this really bothers me and this really upsets me and it does so because the impact so the impact has profound implications as the generations go on. So we start this now with this false narrative around this, and then it gets passed on to our kids, and then it continues to get passed on. And it's a bad, it's a bad thing. It undermines so much in our lives. It, it undermines the idea and philosophies that men and women can work cooperatively together. Husbands and wives can work cooperatively together because we have been doing it for centuries. We have been doing it since the dawn of time. And so, you know, somewhere, so, and so, you know, the other thing that's happened in this last half a century is that more and more women have entered 
the workplace. And this has been a this has been a, a fantastic. I don't think anybody can argue that this is not this has been a good thing for women to have the quality of opportunity to make a choice as to what they want to do in their life. Do they want to go pursue a career as opposed to a family? That's fantastic. Do they have the equality of opportunity to choose any career that they would like? Absolutely. That's a fantastic thing. Do they have the equality of opportunity to choose to, to have a family as well as work? Absolutely, they do. And this is all a good thing, except when you're participating in a narrative that then tells men that, oh, I'm sorry, these changes are all happening. And now you need to change your natural tendencies around what it is that you want to do and how you are naturally wired to, to operate and work in order to cater to a choice that we have made. And this is where they're creating, this is where the problem is getting created. So somewhere the notion that we as, as men, as dads with our natural masculine tendencies who want to go out, who want to achieve, who like my father and my grandfather went out, worked, you know, built buildings, raised, you know, fed families, did the things that they did and, and raised while raising their family is a bad thing. And, you know, it just it frustrates the heck out of me because if not for men like my father, who, you know, he was a tradesman. He was a tradesman in in the city of Chicago. Many of the, the amazing skyscrapers that, that, that line the sky down there, he did the work on. This is stuff that is, that is being uh, passed on and is around and is benefiting society for generations and generations. My grandfather on the farm, you know, farmers are, are, are amazing, amazing uh, group of people that feed the world. And so to, to just th to think that that is not, that is not enough for them to be contributing to our society that then, um, you know, because they haven't done the housework in the house, just frustrates me, and it's a false and it's a false narrative. I mean, think about think about the men who have been responsible for some of the amazing things. The the Henry Fords, I said, the Andrew Carnegies, Nikola Teslas, the um, the modern day Steve Steve Jobs, Elon Musk, uh, etc. Why should men? Why should men's natural masculine nature need to change in order to cater to this false narrative? And the answer is. It doesn't. Men shouldn't be made and us fathers shouldn't be made and husbands shouldn't be made to feel inadequate for not identifying with or desiring to want to have to do that. Now, that doesn't mean that we shouldn't be involved. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't communicate with our partners, but it doesn't mean that we should be making wholesale changes and be listening to ridiculous articles around this about how we should be functioning in our lives around a, a single data point with false narratives and be made to feel, feel bad about our, our natural way in which we're operating within our families. So, and, and let's also be clear that there have been many men that have regretted their, uh, their, their uh, one track blinders on um, att attempts to, to, to just go after their, uh, their mission in life and and 
and have at their deathbed said, oh, you know, I wish I would have spent more time with my family. I wish I would have uh, gotten to know my kids better or whatever that is. But, you know, it's a again, it's a choice. So that would be the men's choice to have the opportunity to do that, except that these propagandists want there to be not just an equality of opportunity for the for women or wives, they want it to be an equality of outcome. So everything's got to be like equal, 50-50. And that's absolutely, I mean, that's absolutely absurd. And, and it's absurd in that second part of that summary where it says, new research shows that fathers on average still do only around half of the unpaid work that mothers do. And it's, that's just, it's ludicrous. And it's a single data point. And it makes me wonder, it makes me think back because I did have these challenges with my ex. It would be like, uh, have you done the dishes? And I'd be coming in off the 30 foot ladder that I, I just put away from being up on the second story of our, our of our house, fixing a, a, a roof tile that, that came off in the, in the storm the night before. And I'm like, uh, no, or I had just done the brakes the week before on, on, on the car. And so, you know, in, so should, in, in the spirit of equality of outcome, should I, should I say, oh, Honey, next uh, next storm, you're gonna have to pull out that 30 foot ladder. You got to do a, a like a sight check on the on the roof to to make sure because you know what, it's your turn to do that. Or, or uh, honey, the the, the brakes are gonna last about 30 50 thousand miles. So uh, make sure to put it on your calendar that uh, you're gonna have to change those out uh, next time around. I mean, really, how stupid? I, I don't know about you, but that just sounds insane to me. And it, it's not even something that, as a man in my masculine nature, that. I'm doing because I'm looking for reimbursement or reward. It's something I'm doing because it's helping my family and it's something to just got to get done. Like you got to get it done. And I just, my masculine nature is I want to get it done and let's get it done. And that's good. Okay, great. So the problem is They've created this false narrative, and these so these are nonpartisan think tanks. They advocate so what it is they're they're advocating for work life justice policy programs. Now, I I got to tell you I have no damn idea what that is, but all I see it is as is simply stirring the pot of deceit and deception that make us wary of each other. And we, and we can't fall for it. We absolutely can't fall for it. And I want to share with you some, something, some, some other data points that, are, that come from a fantastic article in, uh, from the Institute for Family Studies. And it's called The Myth of the Lazy Father by uh, Robert uh, Verbruggen. And in, he, in, it hit, in it, what he did is he looked, instead of what these what these academic propagandists are doing is they're taking a single data point and they're saying, oh, men are only doing half of housework. Well, you know, this is similar to the, to the false narrative around women only make X amount per of, of dollars per every dollar or X, whatever cents per dollar that, that men make. And it's, it's very poor 
uh, scientific research, any social scientist worth his salt is going to look at things across a broader spectrum with more data points than just a single one. And so what this gentleman did is he went in and he looked at a much a much bigger set of, of data points, including paid work, unpaid work, grocery shopping, all the all of the things that families do and work out and figure out how to do together. And the things that he found, so the three points that he found was the one was among married couples living together with kids, if anything, it's dads who do more work in total, adding up paid work, housework, childcare, and even shopping. Oh my God, no way. The narrative is false if you look at more data points than just one. The second was moms do do work more in some specific circumstances, but the data acquits fathers as a group of the slacking charges so frequently leveled against them. That's the single data point that they're using to, to create and spread this false narrative. And the third point he found was the biggest complaint that is actually consistent with the numbers that moms and dads do different blends of homework and paid work is not necessarily a problem at all. And to insist otherwise is to devalue, devalue parents' own preferences. And this is where this false narrative is killing marriages and killing families. Because what they're doing is they're creating a wedge between men and women, husbands and wives, with something that is absolutely a false narrative. So it's an excellent, excellent read. I'll put, I'll put it in the uh, show notes below for you to go and look at. I'm not going to. I'm not going to go through this whole this whole article, but it is fantastic. One of the things, and, and this is really fascinating. So one of the things is, uh, he finds is remarkably similar time investments by working moms and dads in the same situation. So he broke this down in two categories, which was um, men who work full time and their wives who work part time. And he found that the pay um, dads in this case do 62 hours worth of total work each week, while moms only do 59 hours. So men actually do more if you factor in all of those things together. And then he and then he studied where uh, both moms or both uh, husbands and wives work full time. Dads did 63 hours in total work, and moms did 62. So still, dads were doing more work. And then he and then he broke it down. The other way, which was dads who do um, that work full time and mothers who work full time in the house. And when he broke it down that way, it was almost identical at 62 hours for dads and 61 hours for moms. Now, here's one one where it gets the, the one data point where it gets really flipped, which I think is interesting and fascinating, is when the mom works full time outside of the house and the dad stays home and works full-time in the house, that flips where the men who are staying home only do 33 hours and the moms do 46 hours. So there's, there's something with, with the stay-at-home dads that aren't, they're not, they're not really uh, uh, holding up their, their, their uh, end of the, the bargain here. But, but it, that's a, a pretty small minority of, uh, of households that are out there right now. So um, anyway, a fascinating article. You know, I, I think I want to, in, clo in, in closing, just say that I feel compelled to point this out that we need to be having, we need to 
we need to be standing up to and questioning when we start to hear this stuff. Because I did it, so I did a I did a Google search then on uh, on this after just about the hours and, and whatnot, and it's just filled with pages and pages supporting this false narrative. And somewhere buried in there was was this uh, you know was this article from the uh, from the Institute of Family Studies that that was an alternative and. And so whether it's an article that you see like this Harvard Business uh, Review article or a conversation that we're having or somewhere else in the workplace where this, this comes up that we need to be questioning these opinions that are masquerading as facts. And that's what they are. They are opinions from academics, propagandists, whoever else that have some core, some, and I'm not even speculate what they're, what they're, uh, what their dog is in this fight, but they have some, they're creating a narrative that is working against our families and that is pitting us against men against women, husbands against wives, and we don't need it. It doesn't help our families. It doesn't help our children. And going forward, if that is the narrative that we have and that is what our children are hearing, then it's going to create more and more problems. So, that's all I got today. I was really, really worked up about this. It just, it's, it's akin to lying for me because if you take just a small piece of something and you don't talk about the broader spectrum of what's going on, to me, that is lying through omission and not talking about a broader narrative. And, you know, men and women, husbands and wives, families work incredibly hard to cooperate, to be together to figure things out, to create a good life for our, for, for, our, for our families and for our children. And I know that's why you're here today listening. And so that's also why I point these things out and geek out on reading these articles and write the articles. You can also read my article about this in uh, at medium.com. It's called The um, Rewriting Intersexual Dynamics is Killing Marriage. And I'll put that in the show notes below. Also, if you can help me out, like this. Uh, if you're watching it, like this. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. If you're listening on any one of the podcast forums, please write me a review that would help immensely. Also, I, I had a screw-up on the website with my scheduling platform. So if you had tried to go in and saw that there just was not a lot of availability for one of those 30 minutes uh, free, no-obligation breakthrough sessions, then try to go back and get in there. It is fixed. I apologize for that screw up. I'm getting old to where technology is getting more and more confusing for me. So uh, go in there. Let's talk. Find out what you've got going on. I know the holidays can be a little bit challenging for everybody, particularly if you're going through some, some transitions around not having the kids at holidays. Please reach out to me. I'm here and I want to talk. So thank you. Happy Thanksgiving week and take care.